0: to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 33 and today I want to talk about childhood friendships. The highs and lows, ins and outs and how we can help our children navigate them better. Now you have no doubt had one or more or maybe even all of these conversations with your children at some point when it comes to friendships. The first, the first, No one wanted to play with me today, so I played on my own, read a book, stood with a teacher, cried on my own. Or something of a similar ilk. The second one. So-and-so is being mean to me, bullying me, excluding me. The third. I don't have any friends. I never get invited to parties. Others are always meeting up and they never include me. Or the fourth one. I wasn't allowed to join in with football, tag, a conversation or something of a similar ilk, or this feeling of, I just don't feel I belong. Now, they may not be those precise words that your children have used, but it's that whole notion around these sorts of typical conversations that we have with our children around friendships. Now, these issues occur across all ages, whether your child is a young preschooler, all the way up to our school leavers and our university attending young adults. The language used might be different or it might change, but the fundamental core issues are still the same. So this podcast episode is for all parents with children who might want to help support their children with friendship challenges if they're going through a particular challenge right now or just helping them navigate these things a little better. Now, as humans, we are social animals. We want to belong. We want to be accepted and be part of some collective or group. And friendships absolutely serve that purpose for us. And when it comes to school, if we are truly honest, friendships are the reason our children stay happy and bounce into school. They don't really stay happy and bounce into school because they're necessarily thinking, oh, yippee, I'm going in for English although we can get an element of that, it's really, it's the friendships that they form, it's the break times, it's the lunch times, it's what they do with their friends and those memories and that collective sense of belonging that keeps them happy about it. So when we have a child that is struggling with friendships in some capacity, whether it's a long-term issue or whether it's just a particular point of time that they're going through, it can create a whole host of issues And the reality is for most children there will be a tricky period of time when it comes to friendships and for some friendships can cause such a huge challenge that it really prevents them from being happy full stop so this is what we're going to talk about now i want to start first by talking generally about what makes a good friend because it's important that we understand these core skills and components and characteristics because then we can help our children because we can look for opportunities where we can help them whilst we're at home and then that can generalize into their school interactions and their after school clubs and all the other interactions that they have with others of their similar age and it is really important that we do that now I know that some children appear to find friendships effortless they just seem to be naturally super super popular and they don't seem to struggle at all whilst others find it really difficult and it really boils down to some of these skill sets now the analogy that I use when I talk about the qualities of a good friendship or friendships generally from when I'm in schools or when I'm working with family where friendships is part of a wider confidence issue is I tend to use the analogy of Jenga blocks so if any of you are familiar with the game of Jenga so it's literally a series of small wooden tiles that are stacked together in threes up to create a tower and the idea here is that the analogy is that the tower of these blocks are the qualities that make a good friendship now we don't need every single quality to have a good friendship, but if we remove enough, the tower collapses and we no longer have a friendship. So, if you think about Jenga as the game with those wooden tiles, if we wrote down one quality on each of those tiles, all of those collectively together make this beautiful, solid friendship tower. But we don't need every single one of those qualities for our friendship to be sound and to be good. But if instead of playing Jenga the way that we would typically do by removing a tile and then adding it to the top, instead we remove a tile and hold on to it, there would reach a point when we have taken enough tiles that the tower, the friendship, can no longer stand. Friendships need certain types of qualities and I'm going to come back to this In a little bit, because it's really important that our children understand that they don't need all of those qualities in order to have a sound friendship, but there are key there seem need to be a certain number in order for that friendship to survive and for it to actually be a friendship rather than acquaintance. So we'll talk about that a little bit more specifically and how we can help our children identify. What are their qualities? What qualities do they bring into a friendship that are great? And what are the qualities that they need to be working on? So we're going to come back to that. But I want to talk about just generally in terms of characteristics and traits and skills that make somebody a really great friend. And I want you to, we're talking about this from the context of our children and our teens and our young adults, but it's exactly the same as adults consider our friendship. So in the context of some of these skills, I want you to think about what you're like as an individual with your friends and what your friends are like in terms of those qualities. So some of the things that are really key to being a good friend is the ability to regulate and understand our own negative emotions so it's not just about the regulation of positive emotions because when we're in a great mood that's easy within friendships. Where the challenges are often occur with friendships is about our ability to regulate our own negative emotions. Now that doesn't mean that a child doesn't need to feel negative emotions or they won't have good friendships if they are sad or cross But the qualities that make a really good friend is a child that is able to understand, because regulation of negative emotions is all about being able to identify their emotions and then understand how best to channel that anger, that frustration, that sadness, that jealousy, that disappointment. So a good friend is somebody who is able to regulate those negative emotions and then able to kind of manage that within a friendship. So that's one really key important fact of what makes a good friend another aspect is an understanding of other people's emotions and perspectives and we often refer to this as emotional intelligence so what we know that some children some adults are naturally more emotionally intelligent than others but emotional intelligence is a skill and can be taught When it comes to friendships, it's such a key component to being able to manage a situation, is being able to understand other people's emotions. So at the basic level, when we talk about emotional intelligence, it's the being able to understand your own emotions. So I feel sad, I feel happy, I feel frustrated, I feel disappointment, I feel jealous, I feel nervous. So at the basic level, it's being able to understand our own emotions and hence regulate our negative emotions. But at the next level, and the key component to being able to be a good friend, is to be able to identify other people's emotions, their perspectives, how they may view a particular situation. And what's key is to then know how best to respond to that. And these are all skills that we can help teach our children. It's 100% teachable but it is really important when we're looking at some of the children that we think, oh my gosh, they're so effortless. They make friends so easily. You'll have this as adults, friends of yours that just seem to have lots and lots of friends. Well, they are probably people who either are innately great with their emotional intelligence or they've really invested their time and effort in being able to understand not only their, emo- their own emotions, but being able to understand the emotions of others and then be able to regulate that and then adapt and modify their behaviour. Because when we're imagining a situation in a playground or in, for our older teens, when they're looking at aspects to do with social media, it's being able to understand how another person might view something that they might say, something that they might do. So, for example, you might have a child who's like super excited, maybe it's their birthday or something amazing has happened over the weekend, and they go into school and they're so desperate to tell everybody about it. An emotionally intelligent child will adapt and modify that level of excitement if they then discover that a friend has had some particularly sad news or is feeling particularly down it's that kind of emotional intelligence it doesn't mean that they diminish their exciting news but they understand the perspective of the others and then they're able to adapt and modify the timing of when they share that exciting news rather than necessarily going wading in so we know some of the qualities of a good friendship someone who makes a great friend is that they're able to regulate their own negative emotions they understand other other people's emotions and their perspective and they're able to show sympathy and offer help to the friends in need so they're able to work on that basis of the difference between sympathy and empathy regarding what that child their friend might need so it's that sympathy is all about being able to say gosh that's really tough I feel so sorry that you're feeling that way empathy is a whole nother level and almost placing yourself as an individual in that other person's perspective in that other person's shoes so you truly feel that emotion for them so it's really understand you know when our children are able to understand other people's emotions and perspectives they're then able to offer the the friendship their whatever help is needed because of that Another part of what's really important in being able to make a good friend is this ability to negotiate. And when we talk about this ability to negotiate, this is a key aspect to friendships. One of the comments that I often get when I do talks about friendships is that parents will say, Oh my goodness, me, my child breaks my heart. They came home from school and they said that no one wanted to play with me today. And I can be pretty honest in saying I have been in a lot of schools and observed a lot of playtimes. and in my view what often happens when a child says that no one wanted to play with them the translation is that quite often it means that no one wanted to play their game and they have struggled with this particular quality and this particular skill of negotiation friendships are all about compromises give and take cooperation negotiation it's this notion that oh my goodness me i'm so excited i really want us to play this particular role play but i can't get anyone on board and so negotiation and cooperation and compromises about this notion of understanding that well when i play tag because that seems to be what everyone else wants to play then if i by playing tag i can then use that as part of a negotiation well we've played your game can we now please play mine when we're talking about younger children for older children it's about that negotiation and that compromise and that conversation around our older teens when it comes to when it may come to parties and negotiating sleepovers and negotiating what they might do it you know maybe it might be a trip to the cinema it might be going on a shopping trip it's having that key skill and that ability to make those compromises and to negotiate and to cooperate is quite often where our children can struggle and find that, that that that's particularly difficult. And then the last part that makes a really good friend is the ability to apologise. It's the ability to say sorry. It's the ability to know that they have maybe made a mistake that in hindsight they may have could have made a better choice in that moment and being able to apologize say sorry and if necessary make some form of amends and that can be really tricky for some children it can be really tricky for teens as an adult who quite likes to be in control and always right it can be pretty tricky for me too so these are skills that we're working on for life But the core skills that make a really great friend are around this idea of being able to regulate our own negative emotions, having that emotional intelligence to be able to understand other people's emotions, other people's viewpoints, how they might look at a situation that we might see in one way, but they may see in a different way. And by doing that, we're then able to be more empathetic and offer support in that way and our ability to negotiate, to understand that friendships is all about compromise. It's not about having to do things always our way, but understand those subtle nuances of how I can negotiate and compromise and cooperate, and then being able to then apologise when these things go wrong. So those are part of the qualities that make a good friendship. And we can have lots of different combinations of this. Now, the going back to our analogy about the Jenga, This is a really brilliant exercise to do if you are happy to kind of go out and invest in some Jenga. Or to be honest with you, you can find a much more modest uh, equivalent. But in essence, what you're looking for are the tiles that then stack up to make a tower. What you then do is you write a series of qualities of a good friendship. So it might be about having a good sense of humour, it might be about saying sorry, it might be understanding emotions, it might be turn-taking, it might be sharing. All of these different qualities, there's lots of them and if this is something that you really, it's just resonating with you as something that is a challenge for your child then do check out my card decks because the qualities of a good friendship are part of our pack Of confidence card decks which helps your children which have all of these qualities on them but in essence what you're trying to do whether you're doing it with with my card decks or whether you're doing it with Jenga and coming up with the qualities yourself is you're laying out all of these various different qualities there are 52 that you then lay out in front of your child and what we're trying to help our children to identify is as an individual coming into a friendship What are my strengths? What are the qualities that I bring to a friendship that are really great? Now, they might be some of the ones that we've talked about, about regulating emotions, but it might be that that as a great friend, we're really great at being funny and bringing humour into the friendship. We might be a great friend because we're very forgiving. We might be a great friend because we're good at turn-taking and sharing, so it's so what you're trying to do is really help your child understand themselves what do i bring into a friendship and this is the same with our teens let's not forget I'm not just talking about younger children here it's exactly the same for our teens and our young adults that might be struggling they're looking through their social media feeds they're feeling like other people are having great times and going to parties and meeting up and they're not part of that group or that clique or they may be feeling slightly ostracized because they don't have social media so it's helping our Children to be able to identify what are the qualities that they have that make them a great friend so they can identify them, so they can own it, so that they can know that that's part of who they are. That's the first bit. And you might get them to pick up maybe six or eight. And what we're trying to say to our child when we're doing this particular exercise, whether it's Jenga or with my card decks, is these are not exhaustive. They probably have lots of qualities, but if they had to pick their top six, their top eight, that they are absolutely at their core foundation of friendships, which ones would those be? So they're picking out those ones. And then what we want to do is we want them to have a bit of an honest reflection. If these are my core qualities, if these are my absolute strengths as a friend, what are the three that I find more challenging? What are the three... That are more difficult the three that i probably know that i need to work on and again it might not be that our children are, are absolutely rubbish at these and that they're not very good but they are the qualities that they identify are their weaknesses the areas that they need to work on and and for me it 100 one of mine is definitely about saying sorry i can be stubborn i can be single-minded i can be determined to always be right so apologizing is not something i always find easy And that's just an honest reflection. So again, we're not trying to criticise our children. We're trying to help them be able to identify when I'm being honest with myself and what I bring into a friendship, what are the areas that are things that I probably could do with investing a bit of time and working on. Because that's a helpful part. What's key to understand when we talk about friendships, and we're going to talk about these in a moment in terms of the truths about friendships, is that ultimately... We can seek to influence another person's behaviour, but ultimately we can't change that. We can't make someone be our friend. We can seek to influence them by being present, asking them if they want to be engaged, you know, meeting up with them, making suggestions about play dates when we're younger, or maybe making suggestions about being able to meet somebody at a particular time, messaging them or going up to them at school. And that's all we can do, but we cannot make or change anyone else's behaviour, we can only seek to influence. The only person's behaviour that we can change is our own. So it's that changing how we might respond to a situation around friendships, as well as changing what we might do. So it's really important that our children understand that, that we have these qualities that make a good friendship. We understand what those qualities are. We understand what our strengths are and what we bring into a friendship. And the areas that we need to work on rather than pointing out the scenarios where we point out the failings or the challenges or the weaknesses of other people let's focus in on if these are the challenges if these are the areas that I need to work on as an individual as a young child as a teen as a young adult I can I can then work on these and by process that will then positively impact the friendships that I then have so What I want to talk about now are the truths around and about friendships that I think is really important that we share with our children and are part of our support process. One of the things that will often happen is when our children come home and are having difficulties with friendships, it's heartbreaking. We never ever want that vision in our mind of our child being alone in the playground or feeling upset or feeling isolated, ostracised, not part of the group. That's really so upsetting as a parent. And if we have been a parent who have had our own struggles with friendships, whether that's at school or as we've got older, that can really absolutely pull at every heartstring. And our natural tendency may well be to jump in and try and fix it. Whether that's going into school and saying, oh oh my goodness me, my child is playing on their own. Why are you not making sure that they're with somebody? Or we might message some other parents or we might reach out to other parents and why is your child not playing with my child or something of a similar ilk now I would strongly caution you against that What's really important is that we help our children with the skills that they need rather than seeing it as a problem to fix. If your child is struggling with friendships, we need to really listen. We need to understand exactly what's going on, how our child's behaviour may be contributing towards that. Now, I'm not saying if you are listening to this and you've got a child who's really struggling with friendships, that they don't have friends and it's their fault. That absolutely isn't the case. But we don't empower and help our children by racing in to fix. We empower and help our children because they're the ones that are ultimately have got to put themselves in front of the other children and ask to be included. They've got to make the changes to the behaviour. So we need to help them at home by listening to what the issue is and helping them practice and understand some of these skills. And helping them to understand what I call the truths about friendships. And there are five. So let me start with the first one. And the first truth about friendships is that friendships change over time. They never stay static. So someone that you may have been really, really good friends with right from your first day of school may not stay your friend all the way through that particular school or all the way through until your adulthood. So it's being able to, st- to understand that friendships do change over time and I often illustrate this with children uh, by asking them some of the games that they might have played when they were younger and first at school or some of the toys that they might have played with or some of the television programs that they might have enjoyed when they were younger and the notion is that those those obviously what then happens in terms of what games that they play with um, and other things change over time because their interests change so friendships are always going to change over time they're not in a bubble they're not in this sort of time warp where they don't ever change friendships do naturally change and they evolve they change and evolve as part of our second truth But they also change and evolve around the dynamics of other children and their development and other people coming in and out of their school year, their class and interests. So it's really helping our children understand is that friendships change over time. And as adults, if you think about the friendships that you have and where you've got them, is that they do change. Some people are very close to friends still in their adulthood that they had at school others it's more about colleagues that they've worked with others it's about those at university others it's where people that they've lived close to friendships change over time and that's the truth number one the truth number two is that you as an individual change and develop as a person so this is likely to reflect on your friendships too so again this is where we can talk to our children about how Their interests, their hobbies, what they enjoy, what they like, what they don't like also changes as they mature, as they grow up, as they become an independent person and that is likely to impact on their friendships. Their interests will be different and so it may well be that they will be drawn to other people in the same way as their friends that they might have had when they were much younger will also adapt and change and modify because of their interests and that might also impact on their friendships and who they spend time with so it's really important that our children understand these truths so the first one is that friendships change over time the second one is that they change and develop as a person and that's likely to reflect on their friendships too the third one is is really this is quite a key one to understanding about friendships is that you don't have to agree on everything to be a good friend and this quite often happens and it's not actually doesn't, I was about to say this often happens with young children, but it doesn't. It also happens with teens and young adults. You can be a really good friend to somebody where your interests are not always aligned. Your viewpoints are not always aligned. But what's key is you don't have to agree agree on everything, but you do have to be respectful of the differences. And that, is key so it's being able to remember that when our children come home and they're upset because a friend didn't want to play a particular game or they're not interested in a particular interest that they have doesn't mean that they can't be friends with that person as long as they're respectful of those differences friendships we've talked about this it's about negotiation and cooperation and compromise it's the ebb and flow it may be that they might not spend every waking moment with each other at school, or as they're older, they might, those might not be the friendships that they're messaging and telling people everything. But it's this understanding that you don't have to to agree on everything, and that different friends serve different purposes. That's such a key one to remember. You don't, when you think about sort of the friends that you have as an adult, there are some friends that are your go to when you're feeling awful, and you would share absolutely any piece of information with them and know that you wouldn't be judged and there's others that you maybe are your friends because they're the fun ones to go out with and there might be other friends which might be your school parent friends that you kind of always do things with when it comes to school things so it's helping our children to see that we have different friends for different reasons and that that is okay too, that that's an important part. We don't have to have a friend that serves multiple purposes. Now, what I would say, and it's really important to be aware of this, is that some children prefer to have one singular best friend. Now, it's not always the case, but quite often children who are less confident or maybe a little bit more nervous quite like the security blanket of having this one hundred percent best friend they know who they're going to play to play with at break time at lunchtime, they know who they're going to invite to everything that they might do because that's their safety blanket now it isn't always the case that children who have one single friend are lacking in confidence but we have to be able to recognize that some children naturally like to have that one friend and it's important to accept that that's part of who our child is but i think it's also really helpful to encourage our children to have multiple friends because often that's where the challenges become Is if that's their really go-to person a new person joins or that friend then decides that they're interested in playing with other people that can cause a whole host of challenges whereas other children quite like having lots of different friends and so that they find that easier to negotiate so it's making sure that we can help our children with that the fourth truth about friendships is that not everyone is going to like you and that's absolutely all right. And that's such a difficult one, particularly when, you know, we, we want, as I said before, we're humans, we're social animals, we want to belong, we want everybody to like us. But the stark reality is not everyone is going to like us, and that's fine. And that doesn't mean that people are going to massively dislike us but we might not be super, super great friends with someone. And this can sometimes be a helpful perspective giving for children. So for example, let's say you've got a child that's in a class of 30 and you might talk to them about how many friends would you love to have? And maybe they want to have five friends. So they want to have five really good friends. What's key in terms of the perspective is that they're focusing on, I don't have five really good friends, but what The the alternative perspective is that out of those 30, if they want to have five really good friends, there are going to be 25 that are not going to be their good friend. So it's helping them shift that perspective that not every single person is going to like you, and that's absolutely fine. And then you can broaden that within a year group. If there are 100 in their year group, when we're talking, certainly when we're talking about older teens in senior schools, they might have 120 in their year group. And again, when they're feeling isolated and ostracized, maybe they're scanning through their social media and it looks like everybody got invited to the party and not me. Well, if you've got 120 in the year group, how many people got invited to the party? 30, right? Well, 90 people didn't get invited. So it's helping them see that perspective. It's not about Bit trying to be clever with numbers, but it's helping them to reframe So it goes back to one of the qualities we talked about of a good friend is being able to see it from another perspective. So we're just encouraging them to reframe something from that perspective of lack, I do not have enough friends and I was the only one who was not invited to taking a step back, looking at it in the perspective of that class or that year group of actually you are one of or there are 120 in your year group, you want to have 10 really good friends, that means 110 in your year group are not going to be your great friends. So it's helping them see that they've got that level of power, that they've got that level of ability to impact themselves. So it's, so let's talk about these truths again. So it's that friendships change over time, so it's being able to understand that that's a really key component the second truth is that you change and develop as a person over time and so that is likely to reflect on your friendships too the third is you don't have to agree on everything for that person to be a good friend and also understanding that we can have different friendships for different reasons we will have multiple friends that serve multiple purposes and then the fifth truth is not, not everyone is going to like you. Not everyone is going to like us. And that is absolutely fine. So my give this week is a checklist of these five simple strategies that might help to serve as a reminder and a prompt when we're also talking and helping our children build up on those skill sets that make a good friend. So head over to my free resource library drmaryhand.com forward slash library where you'll find the link to download the resource all you need to do is pop in your email address and get instant access not only to this week's resource on friendships but all the other free resources across all my podcast episodes as ever if you have enjoyed this episode i would love it absolutely love it if you would follow and review this podcast reviewing the podcast makes such a difference to other families and other parents finding this particular podcast and sharing in some of the nuggets of wisdom that you all so kindly tell me that you get from these so if you can review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love so until next time